From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. While so much of the world right now in sports is focused squarely on the franchise tag, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, every single quarterback in the NFL and what it can mean for the future of the league, there is also incredible action going on in the NBA. And I am willing to eat crow. Y'all know it. I've never, ever been scared to sit in front of a microphone and say, I was wrong. I might need to start getting ready to do that. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And look, Harry, uh, I said a week ago, stick a fork in the Lakers. They're done. They're meaningless. We should stop wasting our time talking about them. I don't know why we give them so much attention. Now suddenly I'm wondering if I should hit a famous chef up to find out the best way to prepare crow. Like, I don't know, when you're eating a plate of crow, do you need, like, uh, do I need to get, like, a little butter? Do I saute the crow? I don't know what to do, but the Lakers are on a roll, and I look even more moronic than often. Yeah, I think Anthony Davis has really stepped up fits. Um, and I remember going on KJM the morning Bragger. the morning before they played the Memphis Grizzlies. And I was basically saying, or maybe in the morning of, saying that Anthony Davis had to step up. You're up. It's your turn now. Right? And I think of late, he's really been playing a great brand of uh, basketball and has been at the forefront of why the Lakers have been able to go three and two in that stretch. And also, remember, I remember I mentioned, I said, you, you want this Lakers team to go five and one at worst in the six-game stretch. They, they need to go four and two. Well, they have an opportunity to go four and two. Their next game is uh, is against the Toronto Raptors, and if they go four and two in that stretch, things are really, really looking bright for them as far as getting to the playoffs in 2023. Well, absolutely, one of our favorites in the entire world covering the NBA is ESPN NBA senior writer Ramona Shelburne. She joins us now. Even more special that we get to talk to her on International Women's Day. She's part of the all women led broadcast today on ESPN that you don't want to miss. We'll talk about that in a second, Ramona. As always, appreciate your time. Are the Lakers back at this point? Like, do do I need to eat a bunch of crow about saying they were left dead in the water? Yeah, I don't know. They don't have LeBron yet, <laughs> right? I mean, you think they're gonna? So I I think Anthony Davis is showing up and he's doing really good, and and so they're 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 good enough to be a dangerous team, right? Because they have AD, and um, but they don't have D'Angelo Russell back yet. I mean, I thought he was gonna be back a while ago, and he still hasn't got back from that ankle injury. And then LeBron, like, doesn't seem like he's, you know, going to anywhere close, right? We still have another couple weeks before he's even reevaluated. So, to me, I'm like, yeah, I think they'll get into the play-in tournament. I always thought that. Um, But can they even win a first-round playoff series without LeBron? I don't know. I don't know that I would pick them in that series. If they get LeBron back, yeah, they're dangerous. Yeah, I don't think they're getting out without LeBron. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think fair. it's that's... a chance. No chance in hell. Well, good, because I don't even know what honest. crow tastes like. I don't want to have to eat it. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah. I will say this. You, you, you were you were in the arena last night to see uh, Pau Gasol yeah. have his jersey retired. What type of impact has Pau had in L.A. Uh, and around that organization outside of the Hall of Fame play that he's he's he showed us? So, you know how you have these, like, coworkers that are so nice and, you know, you just like being around them all the time and, and – you maybe don't have like these, you know, long involved stories or funny things about them or whatever. But then when they're gone, you're like, oh, I really like that guy. That, they were so nice, you know. And it was like we all saw Pal uh, post game, 
It was definitely pregame. And, you know, he did like a media conference. I mean, the, the guy literally sat there for like 30 minutes and answered like every single person's question, even who had already been asked like seven times, right? And then did the same thing again for all the Spanish reporters who had flown in from Spain. And, and he was just like so nice and thoughtful. And he was always, I think the word that always came to mind was gentleman, right? He was such a gentleman. And um, that sometimes I think you mistake somebody who's like classy and a gentleman for not being uh, like a great player in his own right. Like you forget how good he was as a player because he's just so nice. Um, and they, um, you know, I, I remember covering those teams. Like he, he, um, he, he picked up that triangle offense like immediately. And, and I don't know if I can overstate how, how rare and important that was. Like Powell, when Powell joined the Lakers, they never used to do midseason trades because you just can't pick up Phil Jackson's offense overnight. Like you just, it takes too long. And he literally had one meeting with the guy and Kobe had one meeting and he was like, yeah, I got it. No, I, yeah, I understand. I post. Okay. Read react. Sure. And it was like seamless. And they went to the finals that year. Like it does, that doesn't happen very often. And this was just like three or four, three or four months removed from Kobe Bryant making a trade demand because the Lakers were so bad. And so um, like, I think that's why he and Kobe work so well is Yes, they, they, they eventually you know, called each other brothers and, and, and all that, but it was because they both had such high basketball IQ. Um, I think they, you know, to, to be a little poetic about it, I think first they met with their basketball minds and then they, they met with their hearts, right? They became really close friends um, throughout their career and even after they both retired. Um, but, I, but really it was that basketball IQ. Oh, my goodness. And he's, he's – uh, like off the charts there, off the charts around the world, you know, in any, everything he does. And so um, that, you know, two more championships for Kobe after Shaq left, uh, that's all because of Pau Gasol. We're talking to Ramona Shelburne on Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. Let's take the other side of last night's matchup. Yeah. The Lakers beat the Grizzlies. What's the latest on John Morant and that NBA investigation from what you know? Yeah, I mean, it, I've been around the Grizz all week ever since this happened, and it was – um it's, you know, they all have their messaging, you know, the talking points that you're, the, the PR people come up with, right? And so they say, at least two games. And, and then I said, well, it's been two games. So what do we, what, is, what do you mean now? And they, they, they go, oh, well, you know, we don't have anything for you there. Um, the expectation, though, guys, especially around the team, like, you know, everyone you talk to is sort of guessing at how long it's going to be, right? Like, how, how long is it going to take the NBA to wrap up the investigation? How long do you think he gets suspended for if they, if they, confirm what what appears to be a firearm you know um in that video and then also determine whether he took that you know on team premises right was that was that in the locker room was the firearm on the team plane like those are the kinds of things the investigation is looking at and so it's going to take some time for the nba to wrap up its investigation because you know those aren't easy questions to answer and i think the big question is do the grizzlies bring John Morant back before the investigation concludes? Um, do they take that chance? And um, that's the sense I have is that they, you know, they'll, they'll wait a while here to give the NBA some latitude because part of like, you know, it's when you have uh, sanctions in college basketball, right? You, you do better if you self-report, right? If you find the, the problem and so forth. So if you, if they kind of are proactive about this, which they have been. So, you know, since the incident on Saturday night, um, you know, the sense is maybe they, maybe they are, they get a little credit for that. But um, everyone you talk to around the organization, like they're, they're preparing for it to be quite a while before they see John Morant back.
Now that's enough of the Western Conference. Let's go over to yeah. the beast in the <laughs> East. Let's go to the beast in the East, Ramona. So the Bucks right now, they're top two in the Eastern Conference. Oh, <laughs> yeah. see, that, that's why I'm glad we have you on. Mm-hmm. In my eyes right now, I have the Bucks as the top team, and by their record, they say they are the top team as well. Which team do you think can most challenge them in the East? Most challenge them. I think the, I think the answer is the Celtics. Um, just because of how deep they are. The Celtics are deeper and they've got, um, they just, you know, have so much on the perimeter, they, you know, between Jalen Brown and Jason Tate. Those two guys are, um, there's, there's almost no team that has an answer for them, right? I mean, Drew Holiday can, can, is a really good defensive player and he'll do what he can there. Jan is a great defender, but he's more of an in, interior defender. Um, but I think, like, the Celtics just have more. Uh, Philly, to me, is is the one that if they put it all together, if you see the same James Harden you did over the weekend, 38 points, great fourth quarter like that, if he could sustain that over the course of a series, Philly could be dangerous. But Philly, to me, has more questions. Like, can you see that James Harden for a whole series or even a whole game? Is Tyrese Maxey um, too much of a liability on defense to be able to keep on the floor, to he play through his – or young player mistake. I think Max is a great player, but I don't know if this is the right fit for him. You know, they kind of get bit in and out of the starting lineup. Do they like him as a six man? Do they like him as a starter? Um, there's just more questions with Philly. The only guy, and, and and even with Joel Embiid, my biggest question with Joel Embiid is what the hell do they do when he can't play, when he's not out there, right? And and even if it's like literally eight minutes a game that he's not playing, they get killed in those eight minutes. Like, can can Embiid play 45 minutes a game in the playoffs? Because that's kind of what they're set up as. We're talking to Ramona Shelburne on Fitz and Harry, uh, Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas on ESPN Radio. Uh, Ramona, I mentioned at the beginning of this, it's uh, International Women's Day today, 3 p.m. There's mm-hmm. an all-women studio team for NBA today. Uh, it's it's a superstar lineup. A lot of people on this lineup like you that uh, not only do I respect, but I've gotten to work with, and I'm really honored for that. For for me, you know, having been here just a few years at ESPN, seeing the difference in the way the roles that are op- that are offered for women across sports landscape, and for you covering it. How different does International Women's Day feel right now compared to what you've gone through in the years leading up to this in the way that sort of these these horizons are opened? You know, it's interesting. I, I think I'm going to give you a different answer than I normally give, right? Um, because I've I thought about it. I did Dan Patrick's show this morning, and, and I gave a, a sort of standard answer, which was like, you know, when I first started, there was like one or two women in the press box, and it was always weird. I mean, you know, I didn't have anybody to talk to, and I'd and I'd kind of sit by myself and read a lot you know, when I was on the road. Um, uh, but I, I think I have a different answer now, which is really like we, we're, we're, we're so much more comfortable now discussing issues and things that affect women. Like, like I'm a new mom. I mean, I, you know, I had my first kid about, you know, he's four and a half now. I had a, a, a baby eight months ago. I guess he's nine months today. Um, and like, I can't tell you how many conversations I have with either men or women where like I talk about the kids, like, how do you, how are you a working mom? Like, how do I, you know, how hard it is to leave the kid at home with a nanny when I got to go work or like how my husband has to, you know, do so much more, more uh, childcare all the time. Like I couldn't do this without my husband being home when I'm at a game, right. Cause he has to hold it down or how do I travel? Like I got to get my mom to come to stay over. Right. Um, all of those things are issues that affect women in our field, but women in the workplace, women in the world that like, I think, maybe even five years ago, 
I would have just kept to myself. Like, I just wouldn't talk about it because I, I don't want people to think like, oh, she can't do the job now. Oh, she can't. She's got too much at home. Like, we're, we're going to leave her alone because she's, she's busy with the baby. Right. Um, and now I'm like, no, let, let's figure out how I'm going to make this work. Like, I, I text all the time with the other moms at ESPN. Like, Diana Rossini and I were checking, texting the other day. She covers the NFL for us. Um, and she had, you know, she just had her second baby too. And we're like, man, it is so hard to make this work when there's breaking news, right? And like the baby's crying in the background. And I, and the truth is like, I've learned to just basically like, especially during COVID and when we're all home with our kids, right? Like somebody, some important GM is on the phone and the baby's crying. You're like, hang on a second. And they're like, oh, that's okay. I have kids too. <laughs> right? Like there's just all this stuff that you talk about now and out in the open that I think before you really kept to yourself. And that's because there's so many more women in the workplace and that there were, we feel a level of confidence and acceptance now. It's been amazing to see, I think, some of the growth in the way all this happens from the outside looking in, even as a, yeah. as a coworker, Ramona. And you know how much we all respect you and how excited we are every time you come on the show. But when I look at the list and I see Ramona and Malika and Cheney and Monica, Christine Williamson, who I absolutely love, Cassidy, like Doris, these are all like one name icons that are all crushing it in the NBA. So the fact that you're all going to do this together today uh, is is incredibly special, but it is also sort of the norm because we know that everything you do, you crush. So we appreciate your time and your expertise, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Ramona Shelburne, follow her on Twitter, at Ramona Shelburne. Obviously, check her out across the coverage today, 3 p.m. on NBA Today. It'll be absolutely spectacular. All right, everybody's talking about the Lamar Jackson situation. There is one reason you shouldn't believe a single tweet that you've seen so far, and I'll tell you what it is next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. A lot of conversation about the teams that are out on Lamar Jackson. And there's one reason you shouldn't believe any of it. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, there's plenty of reasons why teams might be out on Lamar. And every team may have a different reason. Sure, uh, some teams may not want to spend the money. Some teams may not want to give up the draft capital. There are tons of reasons why you could look, and we've done this throughout the course of the show, made a case why certain teams would be out on Lamar. But there's one reason why I don't believe anything I'm reading right now, and it's quite simply because Lamar doesn't have an agent. And because he doesn't have an agent, there is nobody out there to counter the arguments that, well, no one's interested, right? There's nobody out here to say, well, actually, five, six, seven teams have reached out with interest. There's nobody speaking on behalf of Lamar. There's nobody spreading rumors on behalf of Lamar. And I've talked to two agents now that have both said the same thing to me. This is an obvious ploy to try and drive down the volume, the, the overall value of Lamar in this contract. Now, I don't know if that's true, but simply it would work for every one of these teams to turn around and say, oh, we're not interested, we're not interested, we're not interested. And then in five or six days, say, well, Lamar, obviously you've seen no one's interested. So the most we're going to offer you is this paltry amount fully guaranteed. Like this seems like very plausible to be a ploy to try and get everybody to undervalue what Lamar's worth. Yeah, I think one of the uh, one of the factors in this, uh, in Lamar Jackson not having an agent is that, you know, when you want to have that dialogue with, you know, certain GMs and owners, they don't have that relationship with all of these teams versus an agent who's dealt with these teams um, and the owners and, and general manager front offices on a daily basis, year in and year out, Lamar Jackson doesn't have that. And I would also say this, though. Um, I don't like the fact that, you know, 
this is being looked at like, you know, Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. Let's, let's, be, let's be honest now. Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. And we do know a lot of these teams need a damn quarterback. It, this is, it's a quarterback drought in the National Football League, just in case a lot of people forgot. And Lamar Jackson didn't forget how to play the quarterback position. I, I think at the end of the day, it is showing us what teams are valuing over winning. Right, because Lamar Jackson can help a lot of these organizations win football games and have an opportunity to compete at a very, very high level. And I think that's one of the things that's getting missed in this whole ordeal is that they're choosing not to go the guaranteed contract route versus you know competing for a championship or competing at a very high level in the National Football League. Now, would an agent help when it comes to that dialogue? Yes, it would. But let's be honest, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. And let's not forget who Lamar Jackson actually is. Yeah, but I, I don't even know that I can say teams are really not going to be okay with the guarantees. Like, they can't make an offer until next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. And remember, we went through this. Everybody sitting in front of a microphone spent months yelling about what the Cowboys were or weren't going to pay Dak. And the fact that they hadn't gotten something worked out meant they were never going to give him the money. And then what do you know at the 11th hour when it was time to actually get it done? There was a big contract that came through for Dak. It was all conjecture being just fed to everybody with the mic so that we would continue to, to have the conversation one way or the other. I think right now it's good business sense. If you're sitting here and you're a team and you're saying, nope, we're not interested. Nope, we're not interested. You don't have to be interested today. You don't have to be interested no, until next point. Wednesday at 1 in the afternoon. And then you come in and, and you say, well, you know what? Oh, man, I guess. Uh, it's not uncommon even in our business. There are some media companies that won't even make you a contract offer until days before your contract's up because they want you to sweat it out and feel like you don't have any value. Like That's sort of business negotiation 101, right? So well, I mean, well, that, that, that happened to me, though. Like my, my The first time I became a free agent, you know, me, I'm like, dang, what? I'm hitting my agent. I'm hey, but what's going on, man? He was like, just relax, just relax. It's free agency. It takes some, some things take time or whatnot. And, you know, that's when I got my, my offer from Atlanta Falcons and then other teams. And I, you know, uh, chose to stay home right here in Atlanta with the Falcons. But it is a process. Uh, what I'm saying is that, like, you know, I know these owners and I know these front office people don't want to have guaranteed contracts to be a trend in the National Football League like it is in Major League Baseball, like it is in the NBA. So that is something that's on the table that these guys are nervous of. It, it's, just, it's just a fact. And, and that makes total sense. I don't dispute that at all. One of my buddies that I was talking to last night said usually what happens, and I'm sure this is what happened for you too, right? Like one of my buddies said usually what happens is I get the phone call that says, well, we got no interest in your client, and you just laugh it off and say, yeah, you do. It, it, it's going to be just fine. That's where I am right now with all of these conversations. If we have no interest in Lamar, as I said earlier, and I will echo again, it is impossible for a team today to say they have no interest in Lamar without at least – talking to him first. How can you say you have yes. no interest if you don't even really know what he's asking for? And because he hasn't had an agent leak anything to anybody, none of us, including the other teams, because that would be tampering, have any real idea what he's actually asking for. So they spend a couple of days saying, oh, we have no interest. No, we are not going to do anything. And then a couple of days later, they say, well, I guess if you really want to have a conversation, we can have one. And then all of a sudden, they start negotiating. To me, I, I think we're still four or five days away from getting any real information. Right, and I, and I will say this, too, from Lamar Jackson's side. There's something to, to, to feel valued as well. Because the Ravens are offering him $133 million. That's not feeling value. Um, listening, a lot of these teams listening to Lamar Jackson, 
Uh, uh, Kyler Murray got what, $189.5 million guaranteed? Yeah, sounds right. Yep. Uh, if you can't even start north of there, then how's Lamar Jackson going to be valued? Right. How? How's he going to feel valued? But also, will $190 million fully guaranteed make him feel valued? And then well, he says, how do, yeah. How do, how do you know? Right. If, if, if that threshold isn't crossed. And, and nobody, you know? nobody crossed that threshold within the first eight minutes of the yesterday's announcement. So I just think we all need to pull back a little bit and realize that this is just like the draft. It's all disinformation. That being said, how would Herm Edwards handle the Lamar Jackson situation if he was the coach? We'll ask him next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. But right now we are joined by the man himself, ESPN NFL analyst, former Jets and Chiefs head coach, the great Herm Edwards, ladies and gentlemen. Don't press in. Herm Edwards knows a little something, something about a championship game in Philadelphia. He played for the Philadelphia Eagles when he was a player. Well, put your name on it. Put your dead gum name on it. Let's get some insight from somebody that knows how to handle quarterbacks, the NFL and college football better than most. ESPN NFL analyst Herm Edwards joining us. Hello. You play to win the game. Yeah, I'm jumping around with excitement because it's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and the Wolfpack goes by one. ESPN NFL analyst Herm Edwards joining us. Coach, we've been talking about the Ravens. You've been talking about the Ravens. You're probably, at this point, everybody's got to be tired of talking about the Ravens. But I got to ask you, a bunch of teams say they're not interested. What did you make of that? That was... That, that that was puzzling. That that caught me a little off guard. And, and, you know, look, this thing doesn't open up until Monday. And with that being said, we, you know, that, that's what the language is Monday. But obviously people are talking. But to say that right now is like really, especially the NFC South, right? I mean, Cars was the, was the clubhouse leader. And you figured that right, these other three teams in the South would be looking for quarterbacks, two of them. Flat out said today, no, we're not interested. Then the the Dolphins jumped on board, and and you know, and, and you look at this, you go really. And then I thought Washington might be a place, and Washington is saying no. And I'm going, is, am I looking at something wrong here or what? Coach, I, I gotta ask you this though, when it comes to all of those teams, do you think it, yeah. it, it's the simple fact that some of them are just saying that right now, and it's smoke and mirrors and down the line? they may, you know, try to pursue Lamar Jackson and see if they can get a deal done? I'm hoping that's the case. But why would you even come out and say it? Why yeah, would you say something argument. like that? You don't need to say anything. Yep. It doesn't open up until Monday, right? And so you just, you just sit quiet and just say, okay. But to say it right now, I, this, is, <laughs> this is a little baffling to me. Have, have, well, let me ask you this. And you played the league, uh, you know, and, and, and you guys have – watch this league for 20 years. Have you ever seen a team come out and say, we're not interested in a player? Well, especially a t- teams that need quarterbacks in a, in a quarterback drought market. You think? That's what I'm thinking. I'm saying, well, maybe, maybe I didn't listen right. So, I don't, guys, this, is, this has been very interesting, to say the least, right? Yeah, yeah it has. It, it, it really, really has, Coach. It, it's kind of mind-boggling to me. The only thing that's keeping me afloat right now in this entire situation is saying that, you know what, it's early. 
and you still have a yes. time period for these teams to be able to get things done. Well, you do, and obviously, uh, you never know. It might work out where he goes back to to, to the Ravens, and that wouldn't be all bad. You know, both you know both parties just figure out, hey, man, this is the best place for you. Um, Lamar stays there, uh, and they keep on pushing. They go on down the road. You know, this is this is what happens though when you get a guy like Lamar, who's a star, uh, representing himself for the most part. Uh, it's just, it, 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 it becomes just too much. You know, it, it, it's starting to splinter now, right? And you don't want that, obviously. You don't want the situation in Green Bay to happen with Lamar right now, where both parties have basically just kind of, they're not saying they're, they're, they're going their separate ways, but it feels like it. Look, I'm just telling everybody involved in this, if my beloved Raiders end up with Lamar Jackson, I'm getting the custom jersey. I'm getting it. It's framed. It's going up on yeah. the wall. I'm throwing a parade. I just want a quarterback. All right. Speaking of, you know, over overindulgent fans, Coach, you just mentioned the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I know you got to talk to Greeny about it every morning, but Greeny's not here, so now you can finally be honest. Is Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets in your mind? That would be a good landing spot. I think your team, the Raiders, are still in it too quietly. Um, he would definitely help this team. He would, you know, you're talking about a team that struggles scoring points, only 17 a game, not very good on third down and in the red zone, 28th on third down, 31st in the red zone. And in the conference, uh, when you think about the AFC East, the Bills are averaging about 28. The Patriots are averaging 21 points. Miami about 25, 23. And, you know, the Jets were 17 points. So he upgrades your offense right now with him stepping into the building. There's no doubt about that. Well, a funny thing about the Jets and this quarterback situation, if they even get Aaron Rodgers the way he played last season, it's an upgrade on what they had at the quarterback position. Do you agree with that, Coach? Well, no doubt. And, and you know, it's funny because when you think about it, but this is kind of Aaron's personality. Um, going over to the, into the AFC side of it, whew, there's a lot of good quarterbacks over there, guys. Right? I mean, the Bills, yeah. Miami – uh, Cincinnati, right? The Jaguars, Kansas City, the Chargers. There's a gauntlet of guys you got to run through, right, in, in, in that conference. But it would be interesting because knowing Aaron Rodgers, it would fit him perfectly. Look, he's listening to all this. He hears what everybody's saying. And he's the perfect guy to go, okay, I'm going over there. I'm going to show everybody wrong. You know, that, that happened before he was the MVP. And, Coach, I'm going to stay in New York. you got the New York football giants who signed their quarterback, mm-hmm. Daniel Jones, to four years, $160 million, also franchise tag Saquon Barkley. What do you make of the moves and the team-building prospects for the Giants moving forward? Well, I think they determined that uh, – Coach uh, Dable uh, d- determined that this is our quarterback. Let's don't mess around. I had Josh Allen. Josh Allen was similar traits. They're about the same size, actually. Now, his performance as far as production, 15 touchdowns and five interceptions. Now, that wouldn't warrant four years, $160 million, but I think they're betting on the upside of the guy, and why not? He's in your building. The head coach likes him. The GM, they like him. The players like him, and you're saying, this is our guy going forward. And so you got yourself a quarterback. Now uh, you, you put the runner in a position where he's probably upset. Uh, he's going to have to play for – yeah, only $10 million. I get that. He is the running back. <laughs> and you need to go out, in my opinion, go get yourself a tight end. And now uh, you've got a team that you feel like is set uh, to make a run the next couple of years. 
Coach, we always appreciate your time. We appreciate your expertise. One thing I can promise you next time we have you on, if Lamar Jackson is either a Falcon or a Raider, one of the two of us is going to be absolutely insufferable. The whole time will just be about that team and Lamar. I'm just promising you that, Coach. Coach, we're going to be off the chain, baby. I told him this. If he goes to Atlanta, give him number seven. They had a guy by number seven to play down there before. It was pretty good. (laughs) Fuel to the fire, Coach. Oh, Oh, we appreciate you, Herman. Thanks so much for the time. All right. All right. Herm Edwards, you can follow him on Twitter, at Herm Edwards. Check him across all the ESPN NFL uh, action that you could possibly want. Also doing a great job on GetUp. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts and... They'll install them for free, which is really helpful if you're a moron like I am and can't figure that out. See better, drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stop by today or learn more at O'ReillyAuto.com. One college basketball team won their conference tournament but are not headed to the NCAA tournament. You'll hear why when we play In or Out next. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Going to have a little fun. It's time to play a little in or out. So, producer extraordinaire, Devin Kane, who, by the way, dressed for success Wednesday today. We got Chris and Devin behind the grass. Are do- they, it's delightful today. Well, right? we have to show them. Can I, we show them, I mean, please? they're going to work on it. Like, you know, I, did, I didn't, well, didn't tell them. Harry's so impatient. I mean, it takes a second. Uh, it, it takes a split second. But they do look dashing uh, behind the scenes. I'm telling you, the guys look uh, look good. Dress for Success Wednesday is being yes. done uh, all in here. I am in on Dress for Success Wednesday. Also in that Evan, normal producer who's been out on vacation. No Evan this week? Maybe the best dress, dress for Success we've had yet. So... I think maybe uh, we're a better dressed group without Evan. We'll see. All right, so I'm in on that. Devin, you're going to give us the topic. We will decide if we're in or out on it, right? That is correct, sir. All right, let's start. Fitz, in or out on the Ravens using the non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson? Out, out, and out. Further out, even more far out, as out as I could possibly be. I don't care what anybody tells me. I will eat crow next Thursday. All right, I will eat crow next Thursday if nobody gives him a fully guaranteed contract. I still think somebody will. We have several days for all of this to play out. I think the Ravens are going to end up regretting this. And, uh, frankly, they better have a backup plan because I don't think Lamar Jackson's coming back to Baltimore. Yeah, I'm out on it as well. I'm not letting my franchise quarterback go test the market and let other teams flirt with him and potentially, you know, give him a deal that we can't match. Nah, not doing that. Out on it. All right. All right, let's stay on Lamar Jackson here. Harry, in or out on the Raiders being the best landing spot for said Lamar Jackson? I am – out on that. I don't think it's the you best landing spot. You son of a biscuit. Well, well, I didn't say that it's, it's not a potential landing spot. I don't think it's the best landing spot. I just look at, you know, so much that they have going on. Also, you know what makes me nervous about the Raiders? Is that Josh McDaniels had Cam Newton. And I don't think Josh McDaniels was comfortable at, as Cam Newton being his quarterback. I think, you know, Josh McDaniels want, wants to run his system and not have to alter anything. Easier to find a coach than it is a quarterback. If he can't work Ooh, with Lamar, let's yeah. just fire his ass and get somebody who can. He's a, It's the best landing spot because he's immediately joined by Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams. Uh, while the Raiders have plenty of questions on the offensive line, they can still address those somehow, some way in the offseason. The defense will still be trash in this scenario, but uh, we would at least get to watch Lamar. And if you're telling me that I got, I, I've got Lamar versus Patrick, 
Patrick Mahomes for the next five, six years, at least I think I got a fighter's chance. I, I mean, I'm not saying I got the defense to win, but at least I have a fighter's chance. It, by far the best. And, and hit me up, Lamar, by, by the way, when this all happens, uh, just sign my jersey that goes up. I'll buy the jersey. That's how impassioned. You know how cheap I am, Devin. So, I will buy the jersey. I, I, know, I, just, I know we're doing this with pace, but you think the Raiders is a – is is a better spot than Atlanta and the Commanders? Well, Atlanta, no. Why go to Atlanta? I mean, there's nothing in Atlanta for you. But you know, the Commanders wow. are a pretty good spot. Uh, I mean, I'll give you a little credit there. Ron Rivera too knows plenty about that. Ron Rivera might be a better coach for and Eric Bieniemy. You know what, Devin? Good go weapons. ahead, and take it away because yeah. he disrespected Atlanta, and I don't want to take it out on him on video on air. Good plan. Let's move on. Inner outfits on the Celtics still being the betting favorite to win the Eastern Conference despite being down two and a half games to the Bucks. My money's on the Bucks and it has been for a minute. <gasps> oh, my money's on the Bucks what? and I'm going to get rich. Uh, look, I already put my cash on the Bucks. I just made that song up uh, off the fly uh, because what? you know what? You know what, Devin? I'm going to say this. I put a handsome amount a while back on the Bucks. They win. I'm taking the show staff to Fleming's for the night. We're going to eat like kings. Let's just say that. We're going to eat like kings because the Bucks are going to win the East. That, I'm, that's simple so, to me. So you're out You're out on the Celtics being the betting favorites? Yeah, correct. The Bucks. The Bucks so am be. I. Oh. I'm, with the buck, I'm, with the, I'm with the Bucks as Let's well. Go. I'm, say Buccaneers. I'm with the Bucks. Let's do this. Got my money on the Bucks. Got my money on the Bucks. Okay, what, what? All right, next up. In or out, Harry, on Aaron Rodgers' fit with the New York Jets. Can you define fit for me really quick, though, Devin, please? Just his, you know, locker it's a pop room culture on the field. Just for the overall, way you dress. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, if you want to do that, fits. I guess we. Can. I was just making <laughs> things all white. Thank you so much. No, I'm, 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 I'm in on it now. The only thing I question is, you know, how is he going to be with his teammates? Is he going to be there? Is he going to be able to get along? Is he going to hang out with these guys outside of the facility? That was the only question that I have. As far as fit, you look at the quarterback position for the Jets this last year, and oh my gosh, <laughs> I threw up by mistake. So yes, it fits for the New York Jets. I think it fits, but it doesn't fit at all from a media perspective in the sense that he's going to get drilled, right? Like personality-wise in New York. I question whether or not that part of it is a good fit, and that has to be part of the equation. But, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers playing with a bunch of young guys that would love to play with Aaron Rodgers. That whole locker room would elevate. I just, my God, it's going to be insufferable all year. Go ahead. All right, last up, in or out on Merrimack, is it NCAA tournament? No, not, not an NCAA tournament team. They won their conference tournament at NAC. In or out on them not being able to go to the NCAA tournament despite winning. Now, let me define what happened here. What? As part of the reclassification process, teams that move up to Division One are barred from playing in NCAA championships during their four-year transition period. Merrimack jumped from Division Two to Division One in 19, 2019 and 2020, making this the fourth and final year they are banned from participating in the tournament. Fairleigh Dixon, who lost to them, advances. Inner outfits. I'm so out on this. Uh, this this rule has been in place for a minute, and I think it's stupid. Hmm. At the end of the day, they let 732 teams into the tournament. You're going to have this one qualifier as a reason why somebody that deserves to have that moment, that memory, doesn't get it. This is one of the many just absolutely ignorant NCAA policies that should be taken away. We're we're penalizing these kids for no good reason. They should get this this experiment. And frankly, Farley Dixon should be able to turn around and be like, hey, you know what, guys. It's not a – we shouldn't go. Also, I think it's a really, really bad thing for small conferences when their best representative doesn't go. It, it doesn't give you the best opportunity to shine on a national platform. I'm out on this on every I'm, I'm, possible I'm, I'm level. I'm scratching my head because this is a head scratcher. And Fitz, you're right. 
if uh, Farley Dickinson, if I'm the coach of that team, I don't want to go to the NCAA tournament like that. That's just me. That, that's just my competitive nature. We lost to a team, and we're going to go to the NCAA tournament, and they're not going to go because of years that they've been Division One. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard of, and it's stupid in my opinion. Yeah, this is one of those be better, do better NCAA things. Like, why do we always need to make complicated, simple things complicated? They won their conference tournament. You go into the game also last night knowing that it doesn't matter. The game yeah, did not matter. Yeah, like how crazy is that? And, and if ca- you're on the uh, the losing team, you're like, hey, doesn't matter if we win or lose. We're still going to the NCAA tournament. You have one conversation with a kid that had the chance to get to the NCAA tournament their only time in their life, and you see what it means. The fact that there are a bunch of kids that don't get that experience, this is just the NCAA doing what they always do, which is not truly putting student-athletes first. That's a, a welcome. That It's just part of how they do business. All right, we'll get back to all of the franchise tag news that you need, but our next guest told Harry what he was going to do in an XFL game right before he did it. We'll find out how he was psychic next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.